Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Judges chapter 2 and 3, verse 6, I think I said that right, we are going to be looking at the fact that legalism cannot work. So today's readings are going to be coming from the New International Version, and I encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study through this text. So, as we study through this, we're going to be seeing the themes of judges, of leaders, and this is wrapping up the introduction to judges, at least that the author gives. I mean, I know I did like an introduction episode, but what I mean by introduction is chapters 1 through the beginning of 3 are really like the, you know, the introduction to the book, okay? So, the first point that I want us to see is that godly leadership was like a band-aid. In, and so that sounds pretty negative, you know? Isn't godly leadership a good thing? Well, let's look at this. Study this in depth. So Joshua and his generation, they genuinely feared the Lord. At least that's what this, what the biblical narrative seems to tell us. And they had seen what God had done for his people firsthand, and they'd been the second generation from Moses. So they knew the Lord, and they feared him. And so they had their flaws, you know, they didn't take all of the land like they were supposed to, but by and large, they were a godly generation. You know, they did go into the land and conquer a lot of it, and they're to be commended for that. And I don't think we should take an overly negative view of this generation, you know? They were remembered for a lot of good things. Obviously, they had their flaws, but they, you know, they had seen the Lord. They they'd seen what he'd done. They'd seen the glory of the Lord, you know, and they'd seen Moses, his servant. At least they would have heard of him. Obviously, the newer generation would have been pretty young when Moses was alive, but still, they would have seen him. And so, they would have really gotten a first hand into the book of Joshua, you know, a big time in the redemption narrative. But almost as soon as Joshua's generation died, godlessness was rampant. The people of Israel slumped into big sins. Joshua's generation had on the whole been godly, but they'd left some seeds of compromise, as we saw last time. And then this next generation just blew those cracks into chasms. Okay, the, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> these these were what we would call wild child, you know. That is what we're looking at here. And so you might be wondering, you know, how did they go from a godly generation to worshiping Baals, you know, and other gods that names are pretty hard to pronounce. And so let's look at that. You know, the Baal and the Ashtoreths. How is this happening? Well, you we need to realize that the heart is what's important. What we learn from this is that there, if there isn't a change in heart, even godly leadership can't work. You know, you could put Charles Spurgeon, one of the he's called the Prince of Preachers. You could put him in a church, but if that church had hard hearts, even he wouldn't be able to make a faithful church. Why? Because Ultimately, it comes down to the heart, the faith of your parents. It can't save you because they don't have your heart. And that leads into legalism's flaw. That's the point of this episode. And I think the thrust of this passage is that godly leaders 
are not sufficient to change people. It's got to be a complete transformation of the heart. Legalism focuses on the exterior as opposed to the insides. And so Joshua's generation, they presumably sought to encourage righteousness in the land, which is a good thing. But well, I don't know whether or not they sought a change in heart in the people in their younger generation. I don't know. What I do know is they weren't successful in doing that, obviously, because almost as soon as they died, the younger generation was off to wickedness. And so that goes to show you that legalism, that saying, you know, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, that doesn't work. What we need are hearts that want to do those things. Because if they don't want to do that, the moment that you stop controlling them, they're just going to go and do the things that they actually want to do, which is ungodliness. You know, Joshua and his generation's children, they probably didn't live like hellions while Joshua was alive. But as we can see, their hearts were not toward the Lord. And while from the outside, the younger generation would have appeared to be in a good place, their heart was wicked. Our goal as God's people should not be good deeds. It should be creating and cultivating hearts that love and desire God. Because if our goal is good deeds, we're aiming too small. We need to aim bigger than that. We need hearts that want to do those things. And that's not to discount holiness. Rather, it's the only way toward true holiness. You're not going to get true godliness by trying to do, you know, trying to go to church, you know, three times a week or, you know, trying to read a chapter of your Bible every day. That's not what's going to save you. Your, those are steps towards loving God more. Those should be the means to godliness, not the end. If we're using that as the goal, you know, you sure, you can read through the Bible in 90 days, but if you're just doing that to check it off a checklist, it's not working. And really, if that is our goal, it's showing a prideful tendency. You know, we just want to rack up, you know, things on our resume as Christians, you know. Well, I read through the Bible, you know, and I prayed for, you know, 20 minutes, you know. That's not what we need to be doing. You know, that's something I wrestle with. Am I just doing, you know, good deeds so that I can, you know, clear my conscience, say, well, you know, I did this, so I'm good for the day. If that's the goal, then that's sin, living in sin. And obviously, we can't do that. That's not the path to joy. So if we need to realize that a cultivation of genuine love for God and neighbor, that's how good deeds and holiness are going to follow. That's how we're going to truly get it, not any other way. And finally, I want to end on a note on God's faithfulness. I would not be doing this passage justice if I skipped over this. Even though the people of Israel showed that they hated God, God didn't forget his promises to Abraham and Moses. And on the contrary, God actually sought to correct the people of Israel with discipline. There was no greater love that he could have showed. If that had been us, we'd have been like, you know, well, darn you, Israelites. I mean, I guess literally God, you know, anyways. But God would have easily sent them to hell because they deserved it. 
They had seen God's awesome deeds. And then there's a generation after that, and they say, you know what, we're going to go to the Baals and to the Ashtaroths. That's not cool. You know, what are you doing, Israel? But you know what God said? He said, I'm going to fix you. That's what he said. He didn't give them up. God graciously gave the people of Israel judges who would lead the people of Israel. And sometimes towards genuine repentance. God forgave them. What good news is it to know that even when we do stumble, God stays with us because we are his people. God lets us have his name and come back to him even when we mess up. That's what it means to be in God's family. To know that we can still go home to him. Still go to him even when we sin and know that he wants to forgive us. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us on Facebook at Adopted Believers.